try to fail and to continue and have a strong vision, to have a strong reason why you do what you do. And if you enjoy the process, you, you never fail because the failure is when you lose your, your hope. Yeah, this is the only failure that you can have. And whenever you still have your vision, values, you never fail because you can continue, start again, improve something and get back on track. In today's episode, I'm going to sit down and talk to Peter Ludwig. He's an international keynote speaker, author, writer, entrepreneur who sold over 500,000 copies of his book, The End of Procrastination. It has been translated to over 20 languages worldwide. If you haven't checked out the book already, check the link description below. I had a great opportunity to meet Peter at a birthday party in Ho Chi Minh City and he joined the podcast show to share with us how he managed to sell this many copies with his book and what was the marketing plan behind it. But he will also share with us how to end procrastination and what is main drive that makes us procrastinate, not really finish tasks on time. So if you're interested, keep learning, keep watching, and let's get into the episode. Hello, and thank you for having me. That's really cool that you joined, and I'm so lucky that I met you at that birthday party and Mika introduced you to me. I'm really inspired by your work. And yeah, please introduce yourself and thank you uh, so much. Your, yeah. your life. Oh well, <laughs> about my work, I wrote a book that is called "The End of Procrastination." So my work is about to help people to be more productive, focused, and my the most favorite uh, topic is about purpose. How to find strong purpose in life and at work? Because if you believe in what you are doing, if you have strong meaning on uh, daily activities, then you have uh, long-term motivation. So motivation is crucial if you want to overcome procrastination. And this is my motivation to help others. That's fantastic. And when did you write the book? Well, the first uh, version of the book was in Czech language because I'm originally from Prague and it was around 10 years ago. Then we translated the book to English and now we have around 24 translations. So almost half a million copies uh, of the book are sold around the world. And it's amazing because uh, I am getting feedback from people around the world that it actually uh, helps them. So this is my main mission to truly see the real impact of my work. That's amazing. It's a... (laughs) And how long did it take you to write the book if you published well, it 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah, it was around two years because uh, to write a book is very challenging. And if you write a book about procrastination, it can be sometimes uh, twice painful when you procrastinate on writing a book about procrastination. So sometimes it was painful, but since the book is done, uh, it seems that I somehow have some techniques that uh, that work in terms of uh improving your productivity and decreasing procrastination. So I truly believe that uh, a lot of people, they have struggled with procrastination nowadays because of social media, because we are so overwhelmed by so many priorities, so many emails. And to stay focused in 21st century is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. So I believe that a lot of people can benefit from my work even, even nowadays because it's getting worse and worse with procrastination. It is. Uh, can I ask you, like, what is your morning routine since then? Like, as a, I look up, up to you as a very highly productive person, since you wrote a book about it too. Like, well, could you share with us your morning routine? I think that's where well, I fall off uh, all the time. Usually, yeah, usually your uh, morning routine basically starts the day before. So, uh, what is very important is to set time when you go sleep. 
and not to spend a lot of time on social media before you are going back because uh, then you are um, if you if you spend a lot of time with social media then you are uh, let's say uh, consuming your dopamine they call that cheap dopamine and if you are constantly uh, seeking those little rewards uh, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, then uh, your brain is, is, is high. Yeah? You, you have a lot of energy, you have a lot of dopamine in your brain and it's difficult for us to fall asleep. So the first part of my morning routine is not to be on social media, let's say hour before going bed and do not to procrastinate going to bed. They call that bedtime procrastination. So don't procrastinate going going to bed because uh, this is uh, this, this can ruin your sleep and the morning will be uh, ruined too. So this is the first part of my morning routine. And then what is very important is not, not to snooze in the morning, not to postpone your alarm clock because there is a lot of science that if you, the more you snooze, the, 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 the worse you feel in the morning and during the day. So start the day with the first alarm clock, then get up. And what works very well is when you uh, do little exercise, five minute exercise is, is, is completely enough. So you can do some push-ups, you can do some yoga. And what is my specialty is the cold shower in the morning because there's again a lot of scientific studies that if you do cold shower, you can start with the warm one, but if you do a little cold at the end, again, you increase your uh, dopamine, but in a positive way, not uh, like from social media. It And it can last for six hours, eight hours. So. Uh, morning routine is about to refresh your brain and the the routine at the end of the day should be to calm yourself and you can do a little meditation before you go sleep or you can just go for a short walk and not try to uh, spark your brain before before you're going back because that's that's gonna be uh, very problematic because you will overthink you, you will f fall in those cycles circles about uh, like um, feelings and and thoughts and uh, that's that is also very very dangerous in terms of quality good sleep that's wow that's very crazy <laughs> i think i need to change my routine altogether so uh, i hope my, our listeners can do the same i'm guilty of you know waking up checking my phone and then just mm. stay there for at least uh, 15 20 minutes yeah yeah, try not to be on your phone first 30 minutes in the morning. If you, if you yeah. are not on your phone 30 minutes uh, in the morning and instead of that you do a little exercise, cold shower, maybe a little meditation too, that, that's going to be much better for your brain and for your the whole productivity during the day. Yeah, amazing. How did you uh, get to the point where like, you know what, I'm going to write a book about this? Well, that was uh, my dream since I was a kid to write a book. But uh, in that moment, a publisher approached me. So they basically asked me, do you want to write a book about procrastination? And I said, yes. And, uh, and when I said, yes, I had to finish that because, um, well, that was a promise. So now I'm working on a new book. It's also very challenging because these days are even worse in terms of procrastination than it was 10 years ago when I was writing the first book. And my new book will be about purpose at work because I believe that if you find a strong purpose, then you don't need to uh, motivate yourself that much because you love what you are doing. And the old saying that the path is the destination is truly to the point because if you enjoy the process, then you are already successful because you are reaching those goals 
uh, during the path. So this is a new book and I want to finish the book in, let's say, two, two years again. And I feel that this time it's even more challenging. Well, I can't wait to have uh, to read your second book, actually, because uh, I think that's that's really important nowadays because I think our, our or my generation is like full of choices. Like uh, yeah. this generation today has the most choices ever. And right. like to, to really decide like, oh, do I want to go this yeah. route, that route, that route. And I recently had a conversation with my family, like, okay, what are the type of, I guess, life routes that we see around us? And then they try to help me choose one. So like I start going. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting conversation. But yeah, uh, I also know that you have a podcast in Czech. Was that before the book or mm -hmm. after the book? Yeah, I do the podcast for six years now. So I have around 170 episodes, almost six, seven million views. And it's my truly project that I love because I'm meeting the most interesting people and I'm recording the podcast over there, so in my living room. And even our new uh, president was, was here. And uh, for me, recording a podcast is a very meaningful activity to me, so I don't procrastinate recording my podcast. But the problem is it's, it's in Czech language, so <laughs> it's difficult for you to, to understand that. But uh, I will promise you that I will do more episodes in English when I live uh, in Asia, because I'm moving to Asia. I want to be like 50% of my, my time in Asia, so I, I will record more episodes in English, I promise you. Wow, that's awesome. That's very <laughs> cool. And when you were done with the book, uh, could you walk me through what happened after like, okay, you finished the book and then I think a lot of authors then struggle with actually selling it because right. the skill to write yeah. something and create something is a totally different skill to sell. Well, uh, marketing was uh, from the beginning very crucial activity because, uh, well, you can have very brilliant ideas, but if you are unable to sell them, then, well, you don't have brilliant ideas. So uh, for me, the main reason why the book is successful is that it has different format. Yeah? You see it's a, a square and it's very simple. I, I designed the, the cover by myself because oh. I love minimalism. I love, uh, like you can see it maybe over there, I have um, my apartment made in a Japanese minimalist style. And the book is full of simple pictures, for example, like this one on the cover. Yeah, so uh, I draw all those pictures by myself and those simple diagrams, there are more than hundreds of, of them in the book, are very, very crucial in terms of marketing because you have funny drawings, uh, eye-catching, and uh, it helped me to promote the book a lot. So in that time, we did a lot of, um, let's say, marketing in terms of Facebook ads because Facebook ads were very, very successful back then. Now it's all about simple videos, so now I'm trying even to do some TikTok activities. I don't enjoy that that much because it's difficult to be funny on camera like in 20 seconds or 30 seconds. So I'm trying to uh, do some short, short clips from, from my podcast, but uh, still it's very challenging. So back then it was about simple pictures, funny, funny pictures, funny memes, but now it's more about videos. So, but but it's it's the era of, of modern social media, right? So uh, you have to be uh, more more funny. You, you have to be very quick and with a lot of colors. 
And sometimes I, I feel that we are helping that addiction, yeah, because uh, those algorithms are making people addicted. Basically, the cheap dopamine uh, is a problem because uh, you constantly are seeking more and more gratification, instant gratification, and the algorithm is, is, is trying to be better in, in terms of serving you those things. And we as creators are helping that too because we are also trying to be successful. So we are also trying to create eye-catching videos and we are trying to hook our, our listeners to our videos. So basically we are playing the game of cheap dopamine too. And sometimes I'm like wondering like if it's uh, the best way how to promote things, but I don't see any other. Hi, if you listen to this far, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy the show, please leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or my YouTube channel. If you have any feedback for the show, please let me know on the Aspiring CMO Podcast social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, or send me an email on my website. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I think so too. And I liked the episode from the Mika show when you guys briefly mentioned it and it was basically like, okay, what is what type of content is cheap content? And uh, I also do my best to create educational content that is a little bit funny, but at the same time is value-driven as well. Right. It should you be value-driven. I, I like, love the term value-driven because um, I believe that uh, we have some very smart listeners and they don't want to see uh, stupid videos, uh, some bizarre videos. They want to educate themselves and we can use those platforms to to share some uh, useful information and to deliver value to, to them. So I believe that value-driven content is, is a crucial thing. And sometimes you also have to be funny. So I love the term edutainment. Like now education is more about entertainment and it works that way and we have to follow that. So edutainment and value-driven content are my two most favorite things or our ways how to do a good content yep yeah that's amazing and how is your uh, coaching how did that grow into your coaching business as well or were you coached before the the book became a hit yeah i have a team of 30 people um so i have a team that is kind of um stable because i started a business when i was 19 years old and my number one employee works 17 years for me so the team is very stable uh, and we started to deliver talks uh, consulting workshops when we were in let's say our 20s because we started to deliver talks for universities for students to help them to fight their procrastination and slowly we started to have first uh, paid clients from companies and uh, we started to do even one-on-one -on -one sessions. So I started with coaching and then I wrote a book. So basically I took all my notes from all my clients and I built the book on that. So the book is built on experience of myself because I was a huge procrastinator by myself. Then my team, because I had a team of uh, 20 people when I was 25, let's say, and all of them are huge procrastinators too. And then we had uh, some some clients and we, we put all all these findings together and I wrote the book based on that. And it's also based on science, obviously, because science is, is very important to me. Like the evidence-based approach uh, seems to, to work in the long term. So I don't want to base my ideas just on my, uh, my personal experience, but I want to ground whatever I do on science. Wow. Okay, so it's a really well-packed book and 
Well, it seems like you started your business really, really early. What made you um, focus on procrastination then at the first place well, at so young? Yeah, because uh, I was always about to be an entrepreneur because I believe in freedom and uh, my freedom to work in a field that I love was, was, was the, the first um, motivation to start my own business because I, I was trying to, uh, to work as, as for some weekend jobs when I was uh, in my high school, but I was never satisfied with that because um, I was playing in a punk band, so I love to improvise, I love to do crazy things sometimes. So I won't be a, a great uh, employee, so I started my business to employ myself. So this is my uh, freedom value that I'm trying to also deploy in all projects that we do. So I think that we uh, have a very high level of freedom of in the company. So my colleagues, if they want to do some project by themselves, they can. So I give them a lot of freedom. And if you have a freedom to, to do some entrepreneurship uh, activities, then you should have a freedom to fail. So sometimes even failure is part of the journey. And sometimes I encourage people to, to just try. And if they fail, it's still better than uh, those people that they never try. So, so this, is, this is my way. So I started very young and it was the best decision of my life to, to be an entrepreneur. And I never regret that, even though sometimes it was very challenging. For example, during COVID, we had some serious problems because we do everything in person before COVID and then COVID hit and everything was canceled. So we lost 90% of our income, but still we survived that. We switched to online world. We started to do online conferences and now the company is the most successful in the history. So somehow we survived again. And I think that this is like part of entrepreneurship mindset to try to fail and to continue and have a strong vision, to have a strong reason why you do what you do. And if you enjoy the process, you, you never fail because the failure is, is when you lose your, your hope. Yeah, this is the only failure that you can have. And whenever you, you still have your vision, with you, whenever you still have your values, you never fail because you can continue, start again, improve something and, and get back on track. Amazing. I love that because I also question uh, failure sometimes. Like, okay, what does failure even mean? Is it losing a lot of money or is it losing your job? But honestly, it's losing hope. And uh, I, I really, really love that you said that. Um, yeah. And sometimes yeah. you learn new things when you, when you think that you fail. For example, if there were uh, no, no, and if there was no COVID, we would not switch the company to online world. And now we do every conference that we are organizing. We do hybrid, like we do online and offline together and we are able to reach out much more people. So without COVID, we, we would be stuck in the same patterns. And if you have a problem, then you are thinking outside of box. So you try to improvise, you, you are coming up with some new, new fresh ideas. So sometimes uh, those worse uh, parts of the history of my company were the best because we were innovating, let's say, high space and it was the source of the future growth. So you can be successful, that's great. And if you are not successful, you should innovate and be successful in the future. Back to procrastination, I want to ask you, what is procrastination really? Is it just a lot of people think procrastination is associated with laziness and I want to unfold that uh, well, with you. No. Like lazy people, they are basically happy when they do nothing. So they are laying on a, on a couch and they are completely fine. 
Procrastination is always connected with negative feelings, with the sense of failure, a sense of uh, like lower self-esteem. So basically when you procrastinate, you know what you want to do. For example, you know that you want to exercise more. You know that you want to eat healthier. But when there is a, the moment of the decision, you fail yeah, because you, you are not following the things that you want. So, for example, you want to build a successful team, successful business. You know that you need to contact some clients. And instead of that, you are watching Netflix. Well, this is procrastination because you are doing something meaningless. And basically, that's why it pains so much because uh, you know that you are basically losing your time and you are losing your potential. So laziness is not painful. Procrastination is. And procrastination is not a time management issue. It's more about emotions. Basically, uh, you have some uh, tasks to do. And if you feel negative emotions towards those tasks, for example, if, you, if, you, if the task is very complex, you don't know where to start. Uh, for example, the task is, is uh, very uh, difficult because you need some skills that you, you don't know yet, uh, yet or you don't have yet. So that's, that's the reason why you procrastinate. So every time you procrastinate, ask yourself, what is the source of the negative emotion? And it's not about to having a better time management system. It's about understanding yourself, your emotions. And emotional management is, is the solution. So, so basically procrastination uh, is not about inventing better, better routines around the world. It's about having strong sense of purpose, strong intrinsic motivation, and being able to divide big tasks into smaller ones. And if you, if you are able to deliver small results, then, then you are uh, gradually growing. So this is the, the solution of procrastination. It's not about time management. It's more about uh, managing better your emotions. I, yes, that is very insightful because a lot of people not understanding their own emotions, I think. And uh, I, I myself, like I'm sometimes uh, questioning whether I'm doing things from intrinsic or uh, external. What in ex extrinsic, yeah. Extrinsic motivation. Yeah. And uh, I guess, I mean, this podcast is 100% intrinsic motivation because I, I don't feel like I'm working. Like uh, yeah, I have yeah. interviews lined up, but I feel like I'm playing, you know, like I'm, I'm right. doing a video game or something. And I guess that's what it's called flow. Is it flow? I don't know. Yeah. The state of flow is the situation when you enjoy the process, time stops for you and you are basically lost in the present moment. And the state of flow is just the exact opposite of procrastination because procrastination is that you are doing something else and you are full of negative emotions. But if you are in a state of flow, you do something that you love, you enjoy the process and you are full of positive emotions. So the solution of a happy, fulfilled and long life is to have much more activities that helps you to be in a state of flow and decrease those activities that drains you and that you procrastinate. So that's why I also like love to record a podcast. I love to do uh, consulting with my clients. I love to deliver keynotes. I love to do meetings with my employees, with my uh, managing team. But sometimes, of course, I had to sign a, a complex contract and I procrastinated or I have to do something that uh, I'm, I'm postponing because uh, I don't want to do that because there is something uh, that... Uh, I have the negative emotion about 
And still, it's not about to fight procrastination on to win forever. It's about to decreasing the amount of procrastination and increasing uh, those moments when you are in a state of flow. And the state of flow has three main ingredients. And you basically describe the first one because the first one is intrinsic motivation. Yeah, you cannot push someone to be in a state of flow. If you use extrinsic motivation, for example, if you push kids into uh, learning something, well, they don't enjoy the process and they are not in a state of flow. So flow starts with intrinsic motivation, with autonomy. The second key ingredient is purpose, like to deliver something that you believe, something that has value to others, not just for yourself, but for others. This is truly important. So, so if, if you do things just for yourself to buy a bigger car or a bigger house, that doesn't work. You should focus on delivering value to others. So this is the second ingredient of the state of flow. And the, the third, the last one is uh, what they call mastery. If you gradually improving your skills and if you are deploying your strengths uh, in those activities, well, you experience even stronger, stronger flow, flow because when, whenever you improve, you again have positive emotions and it motivates you in the long term to improve even more. So autonomy, intrinsic motivation is the first ingredient, purpose to serve others and deliver values and mastery, improving gradually and using your strengths on a daily basis. Okay. This is the awesome. cookbook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It is basically all the nuggets from the book, and how uh, from from coaching a lot of people and you know from managing a lot of people and like just traveling so much around the world. Like from your experience, do you see that people know what they are good at? Are they doing the things they are good at or not? No, this is <laughs> this is again another pro uh, big problem because people. Uh, they have very often a very low self-esteem. So if you ask them to write down 20 things that uh, are their weaknesses, they can come up very easily 20 weaknesses. But if you ask them to write down 20 uh, strengths, it's very challenging and almost no one uh, is able to accomplish that. And I think that this is a problem because we sometimes we don't know our value, our, our real, real value for others. And I think that it's very crucial to ask yourself, like, what are your unique, unique strengths? Like, what, what is your, your niche that, that is unique for yourself? So if someone is very creative, someone is very systematic, someone loves to work with people, someone loves to work with technologies, and uh, someone is systematic, someone, someone is, is uh, very chaotic, and f for him it's uh, the best way to improvise, not to have a system at all. Sometimes I am trying to be somewhere in the middle, but to your question, like I truly believe that we should try to uncover our strengths. You have some questionnaires you can test yourself. The most fam famous test is the Strength Finder from Gallup. You, you can Google that and you can test yourself uh, with those questionnaires. But sometimes it's about asking people around you, ask your life partner, ask your colleagues, ask your parents maybe. So what do you think are my strengths? And sometimes they can help you to uncover those things because uh, we have all, all we have strengths, but we are not aware of them. So, for example, I know that my strength is to draw those simple pictures. So I love to draw since I was a kid. And uh, for me, the main skill is to simplify complex science into simple drawings. And this is my unique skill. And I built my whole career on that. The book is built on that. My keynotes are built on that. And this is somehow my unique, unique strength. 
and uh, I'm truly in a state of flow when I'm drawing those those diagrams and I can spend the whole Sunday 12, 12 hours reading scientific papers and drawing simple pictures to summarize them and this is my thing and this is my core of of my motivation and I'm very passionate about that but it took me a lot of time to find what is my key uh, unique uh, set of strengths so I encourage people to try and sometimes to fail and sometimes to, to do those questionnaires and sometimes to do things just outside of our comfort zone because uh, if you never try to deliver a keynote you don't know if, if you, you love to do keynote so sometimes it's just to test yourself and doing things that are completely outside of of your normal routines and maybe you can find something that is uh, much better than things that you do uh, in your no normal life and you can do for example uh, something that is very unusual but you fall in love in, in that yeah yeah all right well we're coming to the end um, and and there's this one last question i would like i always ask my guests and my question is like if you were to go back in time uh, when you were in your early 20s, what would be your number one advice? Wow, this is very profound <laughs> because, uh, well, I started my business when I was 19 years old. So um, the best advice would be probably, um, but not for myself, but for others to start as possible to do own projects. And sometimes it's uh, about to do those things even for free for a few months, maybe half a year, you, you can test things, you, you, you can offer your, your uh, services to someone. And um, I think that the most important thing is to test things, to, to A-B test activities and to, to uh, focus on your positive emotions and uh, to truly try to uncover where, where is your flow. And when you find your flow, just go deeper and deeper and build your mastery on that. So that's my advice to my younger self to try things, sometimes to fail, focus on positive emotions, focus on flow and have a freedom to, to fail because yeah, this is the part of the journey too. That's amazing. Well, thank you, Peter, so much. And if people thank you so would much like to too. find you. It was you, lovely, yeah. Oh, sorry, if, you, if they would like to find you, how can they look for you or contact you? Well, uh, the name of the book is The End of Procrastination. And we bought the domain procrastination.com. So it's very easy to find me. It's procrastination.com. And you can, also, you can also follow me on social media. Uh, LinkedIn is the best way. So you can Google or you can um, type Peter Ludwig and you can connect me. And I would love to uh, also answer some more questions if you have some uh, and you can connect me directly. Awesome. Amazing. Then awesome. Thank you so much. For joining yeah, that the was show. so lovely. Thank you so much. <laughs>